Testing, testing. Ooh, all right. It looks like we are on and live this time after some audio interference and issues. We are back and it's lovely to see you again. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Slim Society show. It's Connor Rhodes from Slim Society, obviously and always. It's lovely to be speaking to you again. And today I am speaking to an amazing lady and Six Steps to Slim member. It's Tracy Viner. Hello, Tracy. How are you? Hello, good morning. <laughs> hey, good morning. How are you today, Tracy? I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, nice sunny day. Beautiful spring morning. Oh, it is a beautiful spring English morning and it's a Monday, isn't it? What better day for it? <laughs> Definitely. And I've started it off with a PT session to get me going for the week, so that's even better. Oh, with the one and only Bethany Sharp, was it? It was, with one and only, yes. Absolutely. Um, that's that's really good. And you, and you do these sessions with Beth through Zoom, don't you? Yes. So it's really straightforward. It cuts out all the issues of in and out of gyms and changing, which put me off going. So I'm re- slowly removing barriers to my progress. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. And you've been finding it very positive, haven't you? Really positive. Beth's so lovely to work with and very encouraging and motivating as well. So that really helped. Oh, that's really nice. Well, you're you're both lovely people, so I'm not surprised that you get along well. <laughs> um, and this is one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today as well, because we've got two topics for today's conversation. The, the first one is I wanted to talk a little bit about some background surrounding yourself and your weight loss story and weight loss success so far. And then the yes. second thing is you brought up an awesome topic of conversation on one of the Zoom meetings, and then we thought we'd talk about it further, about the microbiome, about your gut bugs, eh? (laughs) There's there's so much um, sort of filtering in now, I suppose, to everyday use, but it's been around for a while about drinking, you know, like Yakult or whatever the other Actimel and things, that you Mm. need to do stuff for your gut. But I think that's sort of like, it's one of those, generic things is that right and they're, they're learning more and more about how it can affect mood how it can affect digestion and your whole body being impacted by the, having the right things in your gut so that's oh, you're so you're so right and we're going to delve deep into this we're going to see what um where this conversation takes us and since since meeting you tracy i've I've been um, surprised because you have an unusually high level of knowledge on nutrition and the human body and stuff like this. Where's all this? Where's all this stuff that you know come from? <laughs> Years of trying to understand why I have a weight issue <laughs> um, and wanting to resolve it, um, partially because. Um, it's not good for my health, but I wasn't as overweight as I had been more recently. Um, so there was, there's a whole load of other mental health issues and stuff. And from my family background that made me feel I was overweight, possibly when I wasn't, um, but that I had a weight issue. And then it gradually just became a bigger and bigger thing. So I was trying every sort of solution. So I would go and learn about food um and the different types of food and I, I each stage in the journey not the group ones that everybody goes to that we refer to you know the, the, the very common ones that advertise on tv but all the others that went you know the sort of like when you went to lighter life or then i i've done some other ones after that and i've seen a couple of nutritionists that came up with various band-aids um but they actually talked about how they got worked and um, how your digestive system works and the impact of your um, if you're in adrenal stress on how that can affect how you produce different things in your body to um, digest your food. And so gradually over time, I've gleaned lots and lots of information, but I'm not sure I've still got it all together to be able to give the right answer for me. Um, (laughs) So it's actually how do I benefit um myself with all of that knowledge and still do the right things also if there's a way of helping other people and sharing a bit of that as well that's really good 
Well, you're a very intelligent lady. And oh, I also I also thought gleaned was a nice word to use <laughs> in, the, in the middle of a sentence there, um, like like you did. And it's it's going really well for you at the moment, isn't it? It's going really well for you. So you've been, you just yeah. said you've been struggling with your weight for a while. Um, and then that's why you, you came to see me at Slim Society and you joined our Six Steps to Slim program, isn't it? It is. It was um, last June. I really struggled with the first lockdown. Uh, and to begin with, it was sort of like mental health issue. And then I realised I was feeding that and emotionally eating. Mm. And then the issue became more about, actually, I'm getting a bit frightened to leave the house because my mobility is now impacted and my um, knees are hurting. Um, and I was really struggling to move. Um, and I do have a, an issue with one knee that's been around for a while. But it was getting to a stage where I think if I if I left the house, I wouldn't be able to walk very far and I wasn't sure I'd get back. Um, so I'm thinking this is ridiculous. I've, I've got to do something about it and found um, you through a friend. And I've not looked back, if I'm honest. Oh, like, that's lovely. I, so, yes. <laughs> I, I agree. You don't seem to have been looking back because you've been absolutely powering forward and you've been making fantastic changes. I think that's a very powerful story, what you've just told there as well, because the the weight was getting to the point where it was impacting your freedom, wasn't it? Because you felt like yeah. you couldn't get, get out and go places safely. So, yeah. Yeah, very powerful reasons to make change there, and you've been you've been absolutely gung ho after it, haven't you? <laughs> well, yeah, um, because but it's part of it is when you see the results, you get it adds to your motivation to keep going, and it definitely. hasn't been a straightforward journey. I've, if I'm honest, I've been on a bit of a lull. I've been around this same weight now probably for coming nearly two months now, but mm -hmm. then I think I got to a stage where I needed to consolidate this it's like you, you've got so far you need to embed it and then need to look at which habits and what other things do I need to change and what fits in my lifestyle to actually make those changes work and then take the next stage forward I completely agree because how much weight did you lose on the first stage um four and a half stone four and a half stone flipping heck that is so powerful yes. well done yes that is that so, is flipping crazy and one of the things we've talked about before, and I think other people will find this, I'm now at a weight where in the past it would have been my starting weight to go, oh, I can't be that heavy. I need to lose weight. Mm. But I've got to get used to this being, um, you know, it's a stage and I can go forward. I have been lighting this before, but actually I'm not this nothing's I'm not going to go backwards again this is so I've confirmed to myself I can actually maintain at this weight so then it's the next stage oh that is, I'm just so happy to hear you say this and that is literally music to my ears I've just worked out on a calculator that if you lost four and a half stone on um, stage one of the journey that's 220,000 under maintenance <laughs> you've created a 220,000 calorie deficit there that's flipping wild yeah. isn't it um so yeah, you're allowed that, that, to... I, I can't compute that connor that's just becomes big and scary then i think it's massive too i think it's massive too i think for the love of the lord you're allowed to take a break <laughs> i think you're allowed to take a break oh my lord um and this is what we yeah. teach um so this would be this would be good for people to understand as well because if they've got a a larger weight loss goal people are often often intimidated at the size of the journey but we play the game a little bit different on the six steps to slim um where we there's been no pressure at all other than are you okay what do you need help with um and that isn't really pressure. That's, you know, checking in and caring about somebody. It's been, you know, here are, here are your tools. But the best bit is here is the whole group and the, every one of them wants to help you succeed. And if you aren't moving forward or if you're struggling, they all get it because they've all been there and will hold your hand until you're ready to do the next bit. Yeah, because if they aren't there now, they might be next week. <laughs> everybody struggles on and off, don't they? It's just everybody Absolutely. takes turn to go well, through struggles. Yeah. Yeah. And there's always somebody that has got a bit of advice or a suggestion or even just a lending ear to say, 
you know, even if there isn't an answer at that point, you know, okay, just chat to us about it. And it, it, it becomes, you feel part of a family going through this, but a supportive one, not your family going, what are you having to eat? Or do you really want that? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, have it, but you know what you've got to do. If, you, if you've overeaten, what you do the next day and what you do your next meal is you, you balance for that, you, you know, and, and work it out. Um, and, and they're there and that's brilliant because they've all done it. Oh, that is lovely, isn't it? Yeah, the community is really nice. It's different professionals, isn't it? Like there's not just me. I'm not the yeah. only nutritionist. There's other nutritionists, personal trainers. There's physiotherapists. There's a lot of people at different stages of their weight loss journey as well. People just at the start, yeah. people at the middle, people who finished. We've got other supporting coaches, some who are not um, professionally and sort of. Sorry, Connor, go on. Um, I was just going to say some who are not professionally qualified, but are more like, um, not sure what to call it, like experience. Yeah, experience qualified. That's what I was going to say. Sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, but everybody is prepared to say, well, when I was like that or when this happened to me, you've actually got people that have achieved and completed that are still in the group and happy to share. So you've got your success goals and you can see it works. You've also got people that are struggling. So, you know, on your bad days, that you're not on your own as well, but and everybody and all the ones in between. So it, it it's sort of that whole. I, I I don't know how to explain it. You've still got to do your work and you've got to manage your food, but there's other people out there. And even if you're not sure what to eat, there's there are people there happy to make suggestions. Yeah, I agree. You know what's really interesting because I'd never thought about this. I had a consultation with a lady who joined the program earlier this week. Uh, well, no, it's Monday yeah. now, so it would have been last week now. Um, and she said, "You know, in the group, is it competitive?" She said, "Is it who loses weight fastest or who can do the most goals and stuff like this?" And I thought, "Oh God, no!" And I, you know, I'd not even considered that people might think. Yeah that if they join a group, it's a competitive place because in our group, it's every single person has their own different goals and they're all doing their thing on their journey, aren't they? There's no one's trying to copy you or have Tracy's goals. One of the first things I think I learned from the group was actually, I mean, I know and have always believed everybody is very individual and no no two solutions always work for the same person because we're all so individual. But in the group, it's that everybody accepts that as well. There's no, well, I did it like this, so that's what you need to do. It's, I've tried this, maybe it'll work for you. And it's it's that element of it. it everybody accepts that we're all on our own, in very individual journeys for our own reasons. It is, yeah. It reminds me of that old saying, do as we say, but not as we do. <laughs> because uh, I, don't, I don't want anybody to eat what I eat. I don't tell anybody to eat what I eat. That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> That's a stupid thing to do. Nobody's trying to eat what you're eating. You're not trying to eat what anybody else is eating. Everybody's just eating their own, trying to make their own healthy eating habit changes, aren't they? Yes. And and also we, we talk about things, we have a shorthand, like we talk about um, intermittent fasting and... Um, but it, that doesn't mean that we're saying do the equivalent of the 5-2 diet and don't eat anything for two days. Um, what we're saying is, you know, if, it, if you're not hungry in the morning or listen to your body and you, it might be you don't need breakfast or it might be you don't want breakfast till 11 o'clock. But th- there are different ways of doing this and it's all flexible. Um, That's it. And, you're and exactly right. Everybody do it, doing that at different stages in the group and some people haven't eaten breakfast and they realize actually if they do have breakfast they stop snacking for the rest of the day so it works differently for different people that's exactly it isn't it it's it's different ways for different people it's different paths to the same destination essentially nobody's really on the same path everybody's taking their own individual unique steps in their way in their direction but all trying to get to a similar healthier happier place yes definitely it's I mean, quite I, interesting to watch. I, I, I find it quite fulfilling. <laughs> it will be because it, it's actually everybody's working on your plan, but it's actually not a plan as such. It's just a a guide, and it, it's almost like having going on holiday and having a, a really good, like a rough guide to wherever you're going, and people then choose their own route through it, oh, so they can true. pick the pages <laughs> for them. And, <laughs> and <what they> <laughs> 
first. They've enjoyed that, so then they talk about it. Oh, that's a really nice so way of looking at it. I agree. Um, one of the things I did want one to say as well. Things... Go on, sorry. Carry on. So no, I can go. I was just going to say, just very simply, I have learned that I don't actually need breakfast early in the morning. Um, for some mornings, I feel a bit hungry, but it's, it usually passes. And I'm not usually having any form of breakfast, probably till about 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Um, and then I'm having it in the form of a protein shake because I'm not actually sure if I start eating like toast or cereal or eggs or something at that stage, I'm going to impact on the amount of calories I have for the day because I'll then carry on eating. So I'll then have a bit of a later lunch. And then it means I can have my evening meal later, which gets me through the evening. And it, it, it's, but it's taken this program for me to realize that actually I don't have to have breakfast. <laughs> and it, it, it isn't a rule that, you know, you need your three meals a day at set times. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's individual things for individual people. Like we said, we do have some people on the group where their goals are literally to eat three meals a day at individual at set times. And we have some people in the group who that's a terrible idea. Um, yeah. there are some people who eat breakfast every day. And like you said, they eat breakfast and it helps them eat less throughout the rest of the day and feel better. Um, like I personally am a breakfast eater. I wouldn't say every day, but I would say probably five days a week. I eat breakfast, probably two days, maybe three. I don't, um, and it's just different, it's different things, isn't it? Yeah. At the, at the weekends, I will actually, I, I will skip my breakfast shake completely because I actually enjoy a proper I love an English, full English breakfast, but also oh, yes. a, a brunch-type breakfast, you know, like smashed avocado and eggs and toast and things like that. So it's that it gives me that flexibility at the weekend to have, to me, it feels like a major treat, but really I'm just using up some of my breakfast calories for a bigger brunch-type meal. Um, and that that is it's just nice to have that flexibility to be able to do it. Completely agree. That helps, doesn't it? Less restriction, more... Yeah. realistic goals more flexible goals it fits into lifestyle better it's more variable and adjustable because humans are not robots we feel differently on different days so it's good to have a plan that adapts to that isn't it it is it's very good but be, i have to be careful being I'm, I'm not at work this week so i've got to make sure i don't you know turn it into a totally relaxation week because i think it'll undo all the work i've done well no, i don't do all the work i've done because that would be a, me <laughs> a mega <laughs> Yeah, if you ate nearly but a quarter of a million calorie surplus, that'd be crazy. <laughs> I don't want to go backwards. And what I've actually realised being on the programme is having a week off work means actually I can possibly embed some better habits at home so I can actually look at the rest of my living space and our things in it that make I can actually change to make life easier to keep up with what I have been doing. Yeah, that's um, a great. That's a great positive thing. Yeah, so it's, it's like I mean, I've I've just emptied a couple of cupboards because I'm thinking actually, if I had easier access to that rather than that, it will just make life easier, and I will I'm more likely to reach for that instead of you know something else and things like that. So it's actually that bit of reorganisation. So oh my lord! The it's the food environment. It's my favourite flipping topic in the world. <laughs> the amount of ear beatings I give about food environment—it's insane. <laughs> I, haven't got, I haven't got to the food yet, but what I have done—it's really sad. I've cleared out cutlery and placemats, so actually, when I sit down for dinner, I can reach and set the table properly more easily. Oh, that's nice. So I, that's it, nice. A, a nice place to sort of sit and eat and it's those sort of, so I haven't I haven't got to the food yet but I'm on the rest of it <laughs> but I it's loved what those you said. little bits the difference yeah and I loved what you said about the embedding better habits as well recently with um a member of the group she started some um exercise sessions she was looking to get back into exercise and she put that she put that exercise into a where she had a week off work so that when so that she could be used to it a little bit so when she goes back to work she's not taking the impact of both back on so it's nice isn't it you can use your use your breaks from work to take some time for yourself and in, improve yeah. yourself and spend your time on you for a little bit rather than somebody else always taking it away yes and it's cheaper that way because i'm not in any shops spending money <laughs> 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 and I'm not sure I want to go back to the big shops yet. That's a personal preference as we come out of lockdown. I know we can go shopping, 
but I'm I'm a bit wary still. I think of bigger shops, so I'm thinking I'm just going to take it slowly and do other things first. What do you class as a big shop? Oh, the big like great big Marks and Spencers or department stores and things like that. Oh, so, okay, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, I, haven't been, I, get- I haven't been in a big supermarket since first lockdown. I've had all my food delivered. If I've needed bits, I've gone to the local co-op or yeah, you know, one of the smaller stores. But I haven't actually been in a big supermarket. Oh, really? Yeah, interesting. It's um, again, it's like the food thing. It's different things for different people, isn't it? It's whatever yeah. helps you um, and what you prefer. Um, I, I've I've always gone to the big supermarkets throughout every single lockdown. But I know other people um, in the group and people generally who've just got food delivery and stuff like, and not really called anywhere. Like you, it's just what you prefer, isn't it? I have found not going in the supermarkets better because then i don't pick up the um snacks and things because they're not there i'm not that's an advantage because the online shopping i go through my list and you know i actually need certain amount of you know fruit veg you know proteins and all those elements and then i think oh i've got to my delivery amount i really shouldn't spend anymore (laughs) so it stops (laughs) oh that's really good yeah that sounds like a definite advantage. Um, skipping back as well to one thing I wanted to mention is I liked the first thing you said where you said there's no pressure. Um, just going back to your weight loss because you lost, like you said, four and a half stone and now you've been on a two-month break. I, personally, again, I think that's great. That's why I worked out how many calories it was, 220,000 calorie deficit you've created. You should flipping take a break. Otherwise, diet fatigue is just going to get crazy. And that's the way we... Yeah set up people's weight loss goals a little bit differently on the six steps of slum is we don't encourage people to lose all the weight in one go. It's actually encouraged to do what you're doing and think about it in stages or periods of weight loss or sometimes diet bursts. I like to call it sometimes like go on a good push on the diet, do a good amount of weight loss and then stop, relax, smell the roses. It's very productive for some people. I loved what you said about how you've actually taught yourself that you can maintain that's that's the other thing we try that's a lot of the programs about that isn't it that's the other main thing we try and do it's that's that's why i sometimes refer to it as not just a fat loss program but as a weight management program because we're not all about the fat loss we're a little bit about the fat loss but the program's called six steps to slim only really the first step and half of the second step are about the fat loss the rest of them really are about weight maintenance and about weight management and about teaching people to not only lose the weight because most people have done that before most people have lost weight before in various different ways and i'm not looking to just teach people the slim society low calorie eating plan people have already done 59 different low calorie eating plans of low carb low fat low this high this (laughs) supplement that fasting whatever I'm not looking to just teach people another way of low calorie eating. That's only minorly helpful at best. We're looking to teach people how to not only lose the weight, but to keep it off. And the, the more of these sustained weight maintenance periods you do and weight maintenance practices, it's building your confidence in yourself and in your food control. And it's allowing your hunger to settle down and your cravings, etc. And eventually you'll start to get itchy feet. You'll start to want that progress yeah. again. Because like you said, the weight going down, is the motivation, isn't it? And it felt good before, yeah. didn't it? Yes, and you'll be wanting it again. You'll be thinking, oh. <laughs> this is the only programme I've ever been on where there isn't that pressure. And you set your own goals. Um, and Because every other programme, I mean, you've got to lose weight, otherwise the programme's not working. Now, yes, people come on this to lose weight, but they act- quite a few people realise actually once they've learned a lot of the program is they might not need to lose as much weight as they thought they did some people are you know they, they've they've lost some and they actually feel that maybe this is where they want to be for now and they're quite happy with that whereas you know if you go to i'm going to say them weight watchers slimming world light mm-hmm. life you, you you have a target goal and if you don't reach that and it's usually worked out on bmi which is just a whole load of bunkum as far as i'm concerned um and it's such an average thing that how can an individual fit into that and how it's not really worked out for an individual but you know i know when the weight watchers told me what my target weight was i said well i'm never going to reach that you'll put me in a coffin before i get down there <laughs> it just wasn't it wasn't going to happen. So I'm completely demotivated from the beginning because you don't, 
it then you're going to have to keep paying to do something that you're never going to achieve because it's only when you reach that target weight it becomes free and it's like hold on a minute <laughs> I'm, I'm never going to get there. So why am I doing this in the first place? <laughs> that makes no sense, does it? That's crazy. Because um, if you actually look at my target BMI, it's the um, lower than the weight I was at 10 years old. What? <laughs> yeah. I'm very short. So my height, it's worked out, isn't it, on that and my age. And it's like, oh no, that's just to totally ridiculous. I was, I was that weight at 10. Which I was possibly, you know, a plump ten-year-old, but I wasn't ridiculously overweight. Yeah, <laughs> so like, you know. <laughs> you're correct in what you say. the The BMI is a populational average tool, not an not an individual point out at one person tool. That's not what it's for. Yeah. So if people if people yeah. use it on, on an individual basis, they're using it wrong. Essentially, I was literally thinking when you were talking that I've heard that Weight Watchers set some people what their Weight Watchers tell you what your specific target weight is. That's goddamn ridiculous. <laughs> Imagine me telling you what weight I want you to be. I'd expect you to tell me to fuck off. <laughs> it's, not even, it's got nothing to do with me what weight you should be. It's up to you. It's your life. For the love of the Lord. <laughs> can't even yeah, imagine it. It's, it's, no, it's borderline offensive. People telling you what you should do with your life and what weight you should... Oh, you should be this weight. Shut up. It's for, what, I liked what you said when you said people go around and they learn more about the program and then sometimes they change what weight they think they want to be. It's because they stop aiming to be the lightest possible and they start aiming to be healthier and happier. And that's a different yes. thing. Because that's what, that's what we aim the entire program at. And we never shut up about it. I'm just like a parrot telling people not, not to be as light as possible, not to eat as low calories as possible. You very rarely, if ever, see me saying this. I'm not like, everyone, starve yourselves, stop eating, argh, not cut out all the foods that are high calories or taste good. I'm not like this. I'm saying, hey, everyone, yeah. have a flipping nice week, be healthier and happier. <laughs> so people start to then aim for that and they start to think differently about it and then they set their goals differently and then what they achieve is different from it. But that's what we're all trying to do at the end of the day, isn't it? People aren't trying to lose weight. They're trying to be healthier or happier. The weight loss is just something that's in the way of where they are now and where they want to be. Yeah, and people have different motivations for all of that as well because they realise... I mean, I, I've had a conversation with a couple of members that were larger, just some of the simple things about that freedom of choice to be able to say yes when somebody suggests something rather than thinking through, well, am I going to have to climb a load of stairs or climb over a stile or will I be able to sit down or, and get up again? Um, you know, and can, can I actually, will I, will I be able, if I have to take my shoes off, you know, will I be able to get them back on again? <laughs> it's just some of the simple things like that because if you're overweight, sometimes some of those things are really difficult and you then making choices about joining in stuff based on what ifs that you don't know but then you're scared to sort of you don't want to be attention drawn to you or that you can't do it and that that becomes that that becomes life limiting and that you don't enjoy it as much um so it's it's those sorts of things as well once they realize they can do those that it, it, your, your choices and then your decisions become different as well Oh my lord, that was powerful. I liked what you said there, life limiting, because of those descriptions, it's it's impacting someone's freedom at that point, isn't it? Yeah. And their their Definitely. availability to access the world. Yes. I mean, I know that I you know, when I looked at certain holidays that I wanted to go on a while ago, I'm thinking, actually I can't do that because I will not be able to climb that mount of steps when we go and look at that. Mm cathedral or that whatever and mm. you know it's it's those sorts of things and you then sort of you, you're making choices based on your physical being rather than what you want to do to enjoy life and it seems on a base level like it's only eating better but this is how sometimes it can change your life can't it and it can change people's yeah, lives absolutely. and it can it can bring opportunity or adventure or freedoms to people's lives that maybe they even don't expect and i've seen so many people go from not where they are to where they think they want to be but go from where they are to where they never even imagined they could get to yes i mean just one really simple example is one of the ladies in the group has now actually discovered she can walk around her local area 
and places she's been to in the past and thought she knew, she's rediscovered. And they're, they're, well, not rediscovered, it's just discovered. And they are completely different to her. And she's got a completely different view of, you know, the countryside around her and what she can achieve and enjoy from it. Yeah, people go walking. Sometimes people join martial arts classes. I've known people go zip lining and skydiving that were too heavy they weren't allowed. Um, I've known people I'm go to fucking... That. No, me neither, don't worry. <laughs> That's not weight-related. Some people are just crazy. It's got nothing to do with how much yeah. you weigh. <laughs> I'm not doing that either. Um, I've known people go to go ape. Have you ever done that before? No. Do you know what that is? I know what it is. I'm not going. (laughs) (laughs) I I get vertigo. I'm not going. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Okay. That that makes perfect sense. For me, that's the highest I'll go. Like, I don't really want to bungee or skydive, but I'll go ape a little bit. I'll do like 20 meters in the air or whatever it is, but not like fucking thousands. (laughs) Anything anything wobbly underfoot is not me. (laughs) So Um, even a wobbly paving stone is not good. That make, that makes sense. Um, I used to when, when I was younger, I used to be a rap scallion and I used to skateboard, so I've got decent balance, you know. Um, and I've done. But I, I think mine comes from a fear of falling, though, and having considered myself heavier as an adult, it's actually become part of me now um, that if I fall, I could do really bad damage, and then I'm scared about recovery and looking after myself if that happens and all that all that bit that comes from it so it's actually become quite a thing for me unfortunately of this fear of falling so i need steady underground yeah i need my feet on on sure solid ground (laughs) that makes perfect sense that makes perfect sense especially like you said if your weight was higher um i've i've coached people literally um, not only through weight loss, because I've coached so many people that if they if they sit on the floor, they actually could not get back up. Or if they laid down on the floor, yeah. they without the support of something around them, like maybe a chair to put weight on, like when they're halfway up or something, they actually could not get up, um, either through bad knees or bad hips or sometimes weight issues and all this all these type of things. So I understand, literally, I understand. There's a lady in the group who's gone no, through this recently. I- uh, yeah, well, I had a, an issue a couple of summers ago. I went to stay with my brother in France. He has a lovely pool um, at this house, and get it, there aren't any steps in and out the pool. But it's shallower at one point, so you know, it's a big step. So I have to sit on the side of the pool and bring my legs around to get out. But then I've got to stand up somehow, and it, I hate it. And I'm sure nobody was watching or even cared. But for me, it was the most excruciating 30 seconds trying to stand up because I was much bigger at that stage and really struggling. And my knees hurt as well. It was like I could do it, but I'm just thinking I I didn't want to get out the pool because they'll (laughs) they'll all see me trying to stand up. It was terrible. But it used to take me a good 30 seconds to be able to stand up. Oh, I understand. Yeah. These are similar things that I've coached people through too. I've coached people, literally, I've trained people on how to get up off the floor. There's literally different techniques. There's techniques to learn. Do you know, do you know, there's, there's also fall falling training. Like I've done this before. Someone's taught me professionally how to fall, <laughs> and, you know, um, in martial arts, it's like a martial arts thing. So you could, you could do all these things if you wanted to, like you've started with your personal training. I know you do squats. Um, do you do any like one legged exercises yet? Have you got to that way? Have you got to that? Um... We're doing split squats, but I am holding on for balance. Ah, see, so you're up to the hard one leg exercises. That's good. See, this has got to build your confidence about getting up and down. If you can do flipping split squats, then oh, yeah. you, you're on it. Get, getting, up, getting up and down. I'm not. I'm still not elegant, but it doesn't take me thirty seconds anymore. <laughs> that's good. See, so it'll keep getting better yeah, and better. I'm, I'm more confident. But that's the whole thing about the whole program is: you be, the more you do all of these things, and with the support, you get more confidence, and you know it's it's going to be okay. Yeah, it is. It's going to get better and better and better. And you could, I don't even know. I don't know where you'll end up. I don't know where you'll end up, but it'll be great. You All the all these problems will start to disappear. More mobility, less fear, more freedom. Really, really good. Really, really good. But my my, lift- my, my other, other question for today is, though, if I start eat, eating, what is it, kimchi or drinking <laughs> what, <laughs> for my gut biome, is it going to hurt? Oh, kef- kefir, is that it? 
Um, is, that, is that the bit that, you know, is it going to make a difference? All right, so we're going to switch over to the microbiome conversation now then, do we? Um... Yes, I think we've done me. <laughs> um thank thank you though for for telling for telling me those stories and for going back and forth about your experiences and your journey a little bit i think it's very positive and it's very powerful so thank you for that i appreciate it Um, thank you for helping make it possible because always we're not done yet yeah we're not that we're not done yet are we this is flipping midway we're we're about halfway yeah and when you reach the goal, that's only stage one achieved. After that, it's maintenance and continuation of further health and happiness creation, isn't it? And yes. I love to see that. With, I love to see that with people after they've lost weight and they've got confidence and they think, "Oh my god, I did it! I actually did that thing. I've actually lost the weight and kept it off that thing I've been trying to do for years and years or decades and decades. That thing that basically everybody struggles to do. I did it, and then they think, "Shit, what else could I do?" And I think you're damn right. What else could you do? anything you damn well please and i love going to see people after that the things people do with their newfound confidence is absolutely incredible it's really good so the fat loss will be done but life won't be we'll be moving on (laughs) as friends as friends forever rather than coach and client (laughs) not that we're not friends now but you know yeah absolutely Uh, yes so with the the microbiome yeah no, it's all right. So with the microbiome, can I ask why why you brought up this topic? Like, what have you been seeing around this? Is it literally that kefir? I don't know how, whether you say kefir or kefir. It's K-E-F-I-R, isn't it? Um, yes. And there's, there, it's all the like Ks. It. There's flipping kombucha. There's flipping kimchi. It's all the Ks, isn't it? Sauerkraut. <laughs> all the fermented foods. It's, it's, the, ferment, it's the fermented foods. Um I've always had an interest with my gut because I do know I've had adrenal stress. I don't know whether I still am in that now. Um, And that that impacts on your cortisol levels in your body. But I don't necessarily understand. And that regulates how your, um, the different um, levels of amino acids and things, I think that help you digest your food. So to me, there's always, there's something there that I don't quite have enough knowledge about, but I don't think science has necessarily fully understood yet about the impact of this whole gut bio, and it's different for everybody, and there's healthy stuff and there's unhealthy stuff, because obviously salmonella is presumably a version of it that then makes you ill. Um, <laughs> what? How do you find a balance? What... Is there something you should be eating that then generates the right stuff for you? Or do you end up with just whatever's in the food that you eat? Because if I eat a load of maybe, you know, fermented some sauerkraut, presumably the bacteria in there is just the bacteria in there. It isn't necessarily the right bacteria for me. So how do I, how does that work? (laughs) That was absolutely amazing. It's a quiz and a half, isn't it? Yes. Sorry, Connor. No, 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 that's all right. That's all right. I've got it logged in my brain. Um, the first thing you said was about cortisol and stress. And what, what you're referring to there is called the gut-brain axis, which is the it's the linking between the brain and the guts. And that is definitely a real thing. Stress definitely impacts digestion. It's definitely a massive cause of IBS. Stress affects not only the microbiome, but it affects um, your actual digestive processes as well. Like people have there's multiple nervous systems that you have in your body. Um, like there's the central nervous system. There's also peripheral nervous system. There's also enteric nervous system. There's stuff like this. Um, in the net, in the central nervous system, there's, there's two parts. Everybody's heard of one of them. One's called fight and flight. Everybody's heard of this. The other one's yeah. called rest and digest. In science, they're really called sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems um, because they run parallel to each other. Like every every nerve sort of thing has got a pair with it. And you can't power both of these 100% fully as a human. That's just not how it works. So if you're super stressed, if you're super fight and flight, guess what you won't do very well? Rest and digest. Rest. And that's 
Yeah, and that's due to all kinds of different things. It's due to hormonal changes. It's due to reduced blood flow, literally. Like if, you, if you've got higher levels of like adrenaline and stuff like this due to, due to stress, more blood flow will be portioned to your external limbs and taken away from your central digestive organs because your body thinks you might need it to either run or fight or escape. Or So it's like preparing you for trouble, essentially. And whether you're flipping digesting food at this minute in time might not be top priority, might it? So... Stress is definitely a big impactor. You are definitely right there. And then you were talking about prebiotics, essentially, is what you were talking about there. Have you heard of this? There's probiotics and there's yeah. prebiotics. Yeah. Um, and the, these are kind of different things. The probiotics are where you add bacteria into your guts. So this, this is like, um, like, you, like you said right at the beginning of the call, you spoke about Actimel and yeah. i can't remember the other brand name but these these like yogurts that have got sort of live bacteria in them etc and then you take those into you um and those those do have some positive effects you know some positive effects it's exactly like you said like i said at the beginning of the call you you know what you're talking about i feel like sometimes when you ask these questions you already know the answers um you're exactly right just because you add in some yogurt bacteria does not mean that's the right bacteria for you um sometimes they have positive effects on some people and for some other people they do nothing and you're exactly you were exactly right again when you said science doesn't really fully understand it with probiotics they they seem to work transiently they seem to have small beneficial effects like some people have um a little bit better digestion or they'll have a little bit less ibs sometimes etc um a, a place that it does seem useful for is quote unquote traveler's diarrhea <laughs> like if you go into sorry say again i went to india no i was just gonna say that's interesting i went to india and my um cousin had been in calcutta working for three months and said the best thing you can do is just eat some yogurt every day at breakfast um and then because you've then got the local natural yogurt and local bacteria so it won't impact your digestion on other foods and the changes in your diet and i was absolutely fine and everybody else that i was traveling with was ill hey well look i, I you can't say definitely one way or the other can you but that makes sense to me that's yeah. <laughs> that sounds sen yeah. sensible this is that's literally being shown in science that these like probiotic kind of things they do work well for people who are traveling for their guts to be able to adapt a little bit better yeah. to different cuisines and um yeah. the gut it, it kind of boosts the gut microbiome sort of strength let's say and it only works transiently like i said while you take it so when you stop taking the probiotics it does seem to stop working um it's like the the little bacteria they do go into your bacterial world inside your guts and they work and they help but then when you stop drinking them they kind of die off and get excluded out and your your guts kind of go back to their normal sort of um bacterial shape or style let's say but one one thing that's known with this um gut brain axis like we were saying is that the guts are linked to pretty much everything it's linked to your hormones it's very strongly linked to your immune system it's linked to the brain it's linked to all these things backwards and forwards like the brain has neurons and nervous system going from it to the gut but the enteric nervous system um that's the that's the neurons and the wires essentially going from the gut up back to the brain so they're feeding each other information somewhat separately as well um, somewhat somewhat together they work as a team but somewhat separately like the gut sends some separate information up to the brain about what's going on down there and then the brain sends some separate information back down about what it's going to respond and what <laughs> what it thinks to this what it thinks to the situation down in the old stomach um, and it's linked to your immune system very strongly and it can protect from infections and stuff like this so it does make sense doesn't it if you're trying to get used to a different cuisine yes. and there might, there might be different bugs floating about in the food that like some negative ones that are not beneficial for you. Um, but if your guts have got like a, they've got more soldiers <laughs> inside them, you might be able to fight off any issues a little bit better. So it does seem to work in those areas. Um, essentially the fermented foods that you mentioned, they do work. They, they do seem to work. They, um, 
they so they're sometimes feeding the bacteria sometimes they're adding in more bacteria sometimes a bit of both um i think we mentioned i don't know any others what is that is i don't know how you say it the kefir or kefir one k-e-f-i-r I, I say kefir, but I don't know. Well, I trust you because I don't know. <laughs> so I have no other evidence other than you. I've gone uh, on the English pronunciation using the letters that are there, as in like there isn't a W. <laughs> and, 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 you know what I mean? I, I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's kombucha, isn't there? There's kimchi, there's sauerkraut, yeah. there's... Um, yogurts and stuff like this um yet the, these do seem to help these do seem to be beneficial there's been studies of people doing high fiber diets and um people doing these fermented food diets and stuff like this and both seem to help feeding the bacteria inside your guts good stuff that they enjoy seems to help um and are they as transient as the other ones or do that's you, a good I mean, question do i need to keep eating them or do you know does a period of eating them and helping my back, gut bacteria work, and then can I stop? I, good, good question. I'm not I sure don't I know. Have sauerkraut every day. That is, that, <laughs> no, uh, personally, I don't like any of those foods. I do like yogurt, but I'm also lactose intolerant, which makes it an issue for me. So I just don't eat it. Um, so no, I don't like any of those foods. That is a good question. I would say number one, I don't know. I've not seen. Oh, I can't, or I can't remember long-term studies on prebiotics like that showing that does it increase, increase it. My, my instinct, I will say, so you can scratch this and take this as non-scientific. My instinct yeah. would say no, because the gut bacteria are constantly changing inside you based on what you eat. Like they can change quite significantly in only two days. Like if somebody right. goes from a good diet to a crap diet, like, well, I should say... I shouldn't use those terms really, should I? I should be more specific. Let's say a healthy, well-rounded, they go from a healthy, well-rounded, balanced diet with good fiber and good fruit and vegetables and good protein sources, et cetera. <laughs> um, and then they go, they go to a, a quote-unquote Western diet, a, a processed food diet, a low-fiber diet, these type of things. The gut bacteria will um, lessen in type and in quantity. So there'll be the types of them, the different species will reduce and the um, and the quantity, so sort of like how many they are overall, will also reduce. So I would imagine because of that, like, so when you start eating the foods, it gets better. If you eat poorer foods, it kind of gets worse. So I would guess no. I wouldn't guess it had permanent um, no. positive impacts. I do think that kind of. I think so, it, it might be similar to just healthy food in general. Like it, it would be like if you if you ate. Sorry, it sounds to me like we're back to eating the rainbow, but adding varieties of different styles of food as well. You're you're right. That's a good summary. That is a very good summary. Um, So it's not really fully understood is an important point to say all this gut microbiome stuff. If you, if you ask what is a healthy gut bacteria or gut microbiome situation that's very debatable and not fully understood or sure there are some things that that seem to be sure like we have identified some bacteria that when you've got more of them it seems to be a good thing um like lactobacillus and bifidobacteria stuff like this these seem to be yeah. good ones it, it also seems that the one the more- things like the um actimel and things like that aren't they that's why they choose them, yeah, because the studies do yeah. show that those that an increase of those bacteria does help prevent what, against infections and this and that, like we said. Yeah, the, if you think about the populations that have longevity and healthiest-looking people, for example, the Japanese, their diet is very varied with a lot of fruit and vegetable. There's quite a lot of rice and things in it, but they do actually eat um the is it kimchi type things and the pickled vegetables with their meals and they have like the misu and the seaweed there's a real range there which i'm just thinking if if you and again if you is it the italian mediterranean diet again they they have a wide range of things but also things like olives are quite salty vinegary you know there's other aspects of their their food that they have and they um, preserve that the peppers and things. Um, yeah. They do the antipasti type foods. 
Um, and there's why again, it's a wide variety, but they also include different ways of preserving things that seem to relate to the, the these sorts of fermented foods. Yep, you're exactly right. So what you're referring to there is the blue zones. Um, these are like places in the world where people live on average longer than others. And one is Okinawa, Japan, exactly like you said. Um, yep, one is Sardinia in Italy. So you're exactly right, the Mediterranean diet. And there's various other places as well um, around the world. And there are no major nutritional correlating factors between these places, which means overall there's no one best diet that fits for a human. But there are some correlating variables in the way that all of these places you are exactly right they do have less processed style diets they have more quote-unquote natural style diets and they do have quite varied diets as well so you're exactly right there's other correlating factors as well like they get a lot of sunlight and vitamin d and they have less stressful lifestyles in these places um on average as well so it all just links together doesn't it i think it all just links together a little bit um so where we were at in the conversation was the the health of a of a gut microbiome is not exactly fully understood but it seems like some we know some specific bacteria are good we know if you have more bacteria that seems to be good we, it seems to be that if there's more different species of bacteria in there that also seems to be good like if you look at people that have got poorer health in a lot of different surprising ways Sometimes mental health problems, sometimes physical health problems, also obesity and stuff like this. People that fall into these wide ranging categories on average have lower species um, and levels. So amount of bacteria total and types of different bacteria than people who are in quote unquote healthier um, situations. And whether that's correlation or causation, not sure. Like, is it the problem causing less bacteria or is, is the less bacteria causing the problem? Not sure, but it's just an interesting link. Um, so it seems like more more variety and more bacteria is a good thing. So what can we do about this? Practically, it's exactly like you said. Your summary was perfect. It was. It's a more varied diet. And yes, if you can get things in that specifically feed the bacteria, that's also good. So different types of fiber is very, very good. Any types of fiber, really. There's like fucking 30 on different types of fiber. Um they're all good in different ways. You do have to be careful. You do have to be careful. Like your gut bacteria love some different types of fiber, like some of the FODMAPs, um, which is a fancy name for fiber, basically different types of fiber. Um, some stereotypical ones would be, it's most fruit and veg, to be honest, are FODMAP foods, but some stereotypical ones that are quite aggressive let's say our onion and garlic like if you eat garlic um the gut bacteria go flipping crazy they absolutely love it they they feed on it they they eat it there's there's quite a lot in broccoli as well um because what happens with the bacteria this is quite a cool thing they live synergistically with us where we get about 10 percent extra calories from our diet due to the gut bacteria than we would do otherwise um, and that's because they digest the fiber not us humans are not very good at digesting fiber so we eat the fiber and it passes through the stomach where there are some gut bacteria but not loads um, and then by the time it gets into the large intestine that's where the most of the bacteria are so when we talk about the gut microbiome it's not the stomach like you might think there are some bacteria in there but not loads it's not really the stomach it's the large intestine that's got the that's got by far by far by far by far the most gut bacteria in there and that's because it's a larger place as well and the transit time is less the um, food slows down when it gets to that area um so by the time it gets to that area there's mostly fibers and stuff like that left and then the bacteria like the fiber in the garlic or the onion or different fruits and veg like broccoli etc broccoli parts of the broccoli are making it to the large intestine largely undigested not touched by our enzymes or stomach acids that much etc and then the bacteria flipping love it and they they go and they they feed on it really nicely and you get good healthy gut bacteria from this but when they're doing their energy and digestive processes they also they also release gases so it can make some yeah. people trump <laughs> or have ibs <laughs> issues um whether it's ibs c or ibs d constipation or diarrhea um it's different yeah. for different people but fodmap foods are, are very 
uh, highly, highly correlated with IBS issues. So some people need to be careful of these. But the ones that you can eat and tolerate, like for me, I eat a lot of broccoli. Um, people actually literally take the mick out of me inside the Six Steps to Slim program for the amount of broccoli that I eat. Um, but for me, broccoli does not cause me stomach issues. I don't trump. Um, I don't get stomach cramps or anything like this. Some other FODMAP foods absolutely just make my stomach awful in a variety of different ways. Sometimes pain, sometimes cramps, sometimes toilet trouble. So it's about finding the ones that work for you. Again, it's individual foods and stuff, but getting fruits and vegetables, different types of fiber, getting some of the FODMAP foods that work for you. Resistant starch also feeds them really well. Um, that comes in different foods, depending on what you do to them, like potatoes have resistant starch if you cook them a little bit too much. <laughs> and so does pasta. Ripe bananas have resistant starch and stuff like this in them. Um, this this feeds your, uh, no, sorry, unripe bananas. That would be the right phrasing, wouldn't it? The green ones is unripe at that point, not ripe bananas. Is that right? I, d I don't know. I, um, banana, bananas are a, a, a food I don't go to very often, actually. <laughs> oh, I love. But I do. Know, I, know, I, I, I enjoy. I enjoy them more when the, when they're riper. <laughs> um, I don't have a reaction to them whichever way I eat them. So. Oh yeah. Okay. So if you eat green bananas, unripened bananas, sometimes that gives people stomachache, and it's because it's got a lot of fiber in. Like the older a banana gets, the more the fiber inside it's converted into sugar, and that's why they taste nicer if they're fully ripened and ready, sort of thing. Whereas they're a bit yeah. tough and chewy and a bit sour due to all the fiber inside if you eat one a bit too early but your gut bacteria love that because they then get I'm not saying eat flipping green bananas i'm not saying do that but <laughs> it's just if you happen if you happen across one or if you bite one and you think oh god that's not quite ready yet don't worry about it you can munch it down you're uh, <laughs> presuming it doesn't give you stomach ache your bacteria will go crazy for it so resistant starches are good um protein is protein's good for it as well protein's good for your Gut bacteria, they, your gut bacteria make some different proteins, but they also like some different proteins as well. Some healthy fats seem to be good for it. Um, what else? Too many calories seems to be bad for it. Um, like if, if two people have the same diet, like literally in quality, but the quantity is different. If you give, if someone's calorie intake is too high and the other person's calorie intake is appropriate, a too high calorie intake seems to negatively impact gut bacteria. Um, so what, so what does it come down to flipping L at the end of the day? It comes down to a healthy balanced diet, doesn't it? What's all that that I've just said? I've basically just chatted nonsense yeah. for about flipping 10 it's, minutes. It's nonsense, but it, but it does underline what we learn in the sixth century, but we've always learned all the way through life is you need to eat a variety and five fruit and veg, you know, the government message possibly isn't enough. It needs to be a bit expanded a bit, as in not necessarily telling everybody to eat 10 fruit and veg, but to actually eat from different food groups, but not necessarily the same diet every day. You need to change. You cut, You shouldn't always have a tuna salad sandwich for lunch. You maybe need to have chicken one day or, you know, cheese one day and just mix it up a bit. Yeah, some different breads. Sometimes get one that's got seeds in. Sometimes get white bread. Sometimes get whole meal. Sometimes put some different salad on your sandwich. Sometimes eat some more salad. Sometimes yeah. less. Sometimes vegetables. Sometimes not. You're exactly right. Um, we've left the EU now, it's, so I'm not really sure. About, yeah. Sorry, say again. I was just going to say it really is about variety over a period of time. Putting it down to a day probably doesn't work either. You actually need to sort of think over a week you've, that you've actually really mixed up different types of food different types of veg different types of you know your proteins because obviously some people are vegetarian or vegan and it's mixing a whole lot and some of them you, you possibly want some um different types of fats dif different types of fermented foods in different ways and really mix it Yep, you're exactly right. If I was to summarize healthy eating for you, it would be to try and eat as much food as possible without gaining weight. That would be that would be one of my summaries of healthy eating. The more different foods you can get, should you get protein? Yep, loads if you can. Should you get fiber? Yep, get it all in. Different types, fruit and veg? Yep, all the different stuff. Different fats? Definitely, yep, all of it. Try and get all the stuff in. as much. Try and eat as much different stuff and as much stuff as you can while still staying an appropriate body weight because um, higher body weights just on average are um, related with not the greatest health positions. 
aren't they? So if you can not gain weight, but get all the different food in, excellent. That's literally the best position it can be in. And you're exactly right. Um, the government recommend to us five fruits and veg per day. But in most of Europe, you know, it's nine per day. Uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen now that we've left the EU. I'm not sure what will happen with our nutrition um, information, regulations, requirements, any any of this type of stuff. But the the rumour is, I can't confirm whether this is true or not, the rumour is that they give us five per day because they think if they it, try to get people in the UK to eat nine per day, we actually eat that few that people think it's too many and they'll not even try because it's a... <laughs> yeah. It, it's, yes, a, I've heard that too. <laughs> it's an ex, it's a bit of an extreme goal whereas people in like maybe i don't know like you said france italy spain other european countries they naturally have a bit more of a mediterranean diet anyway which has got maybe like you know a bit more fish a bit more veg a bit more salad and stuff like that we eat a bit like that when we go on holidays sometimes partly the weather isn't it as well so you want to eat salads when it's warmer <laughs> we want we want flipping stodge in this country because it's goddamn freezing there's no reason why you can't do like a fish pie with vegetables in it and the mash can be made out of two or three different things you can have carrot swede and potato in your mash that's the correct attitude, soldier. See, we assess and adjust. We make anything work. If you want fish pie, you can have it. <laughs> well done. Absolutely. Well done. Yes. Well done. Well that, well, that that seems, I mean, yeah, it seems like the, the simple answer to, we don't know all the science behind it yet, but we do know a good diet. And as you have just very clearly put it, a you know variety as much as you can within you know that's good for your weight health um is, is what we need to aim for that's really answered the question we don't really need to know anymore do we um and when we do know more i'll let you know one of the things i will say is I, this yeah. is not this is not one of my specific areas of expertise um and that's because i consider myself a practical nutritionist um this is oh, just yeah. my this is just my own phrasing like i consider some other people theoretical nutritionists like i am not a nutritionist in a laboratory and i don't do studies and i'm not looking at test tubes and flipping dissolving this into that enzyme yeah. and seeing what happens and all this business i'm actually a, a foot soldier on ground level helping the actual people so i only really focus and put my time into things that actually can make a difference into people's lives so if there was anything magic that we could be doing or that we should be knowing about the microbiome then i'd be delving a little bit more deep into it at this minute in time just where the science stands it seems like yes a healthy balanced diet is best lots of fruit and veggies best if you can get fermented foods and you like them and they don't upset your stomach good probiotics yep okay it all seems fine but it all seems it's pretty standard, isn't it? It's just healthy eating. Once again, it's pretty standard. So there's not really much specificity we need to be putting focus on. And I will say that is largely the case for for most of nutrition. Like I'm qualified in sports nutrition, health nutrition, uh, weight management nutrition, clinical nutrition for like working with people's diseases and illnesses and ailments and stuff like this. And I'll say that the qualifications were all boring. They were all boring um, <laughs> because the, the answers are, is pretty much always the same. Like, you know, you know, if somebody wants to lose weight, it's a good idea if they drop their calories down, eat some more protein, fruits and vegetables are good. Well, what about the microbiome? Well, if people drop the weight down and they ate some fruits and vegetables and protein's good, what if you've got polycystic ovary syndrome? Well, if they drop the weight down and they eat some fruit and veg and protein's good. And what if someone's got type 2 diabetes? Well, if they drop the weight down and they eat some fruit and veg and the protein, and it just goes on. They're not. Yeah. <laughs> it's the yeah. same answers. It's the same flipping answers. Yeah. It's just, it's the basics are best. It's like you said originally, it, it goes back to those old adages of a healthy, well-rounded, balanced diet. And I know it sounds boring, but it's just flipping true. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a boy. It's that reassurance, though. So if somebody has anxiety or stress or somebody, you know, that it's that it's, it's somewhere we've lost teaching people the knowledge that actually your mental health, your well-being impact on the whole of your life. And we need to be teaching kids in school how to manage all of that and that you know, help the healthy diet and nutrition information as well and showing them that it all connects. And that's the bit I think we haven't done and don't do and don't look after our whole beings well enough. And this, this program's helped me do that really effectively. Um, 
so yeah it, it, it was just we for everybody to benefit it would be really nice if we all ate a as much variety diet as possible but also we need to look after ourselves because the impact of stress and other things on our digestive system can make a difference as well Oh, Tracy, that's a good summary. I completely agree. And it's it, again, it, it makes me very fulfilled and happy to hear you say that you've found many different benefits and it's more like a, not, a, I hesitate to say holistic uh, because that's a bit like a hippie woo-woo phrase, but I'll say holistic with a W at the beginning, a holistic approach to health and happiness. Because I, I do I do hope that we make the the six steps to slim program and slim society more like that. Like it's not just a fat loss program. It's also a weight management system, but it's also about health and happiness. And it's about, it's about a more well-rounded approach. You learn much more than just managing your weight uh, by a long way. And I think you should reclaim holistic in its true meaning of the word. And that it isn't hippie. (laughs) That's what you're delivering. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you so much, Tracy. And also, I will say, um, I will say, do you see how and why these podcasts end up so long? Because you you said to me, your podcast's great, and I like the episodes you're doing with other people, but sometimes it's a bit long. But it's just, I just love talking to people, and it's been great. We've been yeah. flipping and more than an hour already, more than an hour already. We it have. seems like we, we could go for well, 15 more. No, we're not, we're not going to do that, Connor, because I'm going to say, I've got an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> The timing worked brilliantly. (laughs) And we've also telling everybody that they need to eat a variety of foods and enjoy it and enjoy life. Oh, thank you so much for this conversation today, Tracy. It's been really, really lovely. I've really appreciated it. Yes, I have. And thank you for your time and the explanations, because there was a lot of science in there as well that uh, I hadn't gleaned from other things. So thank you. Lovely. And thank you for being a Six Steps to Slum and Slum Society member as well. I really appreciate it. I appreciate that you attend the Zoom meetings as well that we have and that you're a positive and vibrant member in the community. And I'm really glad that you're finding health and happiness through this. It's literally my pleasure to help you. Brilliant. And I'll look forward to doing another. I've got another question, Connor. <laughs> oh, yes, we can definitely do more podcasts. I'm trying to say as many things as, as many places. I'll, I'll say anything these days. You watch me. So come and join me. Definitely. I'll speak to you again soon. Brilliant. All right, take care. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Bye, bye, bye.